Hey, grown-ups, warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Factor has a menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So, no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Head to factormeals.com slash tales50. That's T-A-L-E-S 5-0. And use code tales50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code tales50 at factormeals.com. Dot com slash tales 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hey grown-ups, I have something exciting to share with you. There's a brand new kids podcast out now that I think you're going to love. It's called Mysteries About True Histories. This show is perfect if you love adventures, solving riddles, and maybe even some wacky math problems. But I need a little help from some new friends to tell you more. Max and Molly, take it away. From the creators of Who Smarted, Starglow Media comes a brand new podcast called Mysteries About True Histories. Uh, does that sound serious enough? Uh, Max, we only have 30 seconds for this promo. Just tell them how your mysterious aunt recruited us into a secret order of problem solvers who travel time and have epic adventures. I don't have to. You just did. Catch new episodes of Mysteries About True Histories every Thursday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Tailblazers. I'm Rebecca Cunningham, and this is Girl Tales a kid's podcast of feminist stories for a new generation. Before we get started, I'd like to wish a very happy birthday to Remy. Remy, thank you so much for listening to Girl Tales. I hope your birthday is awesome. Grownups, if you would like to hear your child's name at the top of our next tale, head to patreon.com slash girltales and donate today. Now on to our episode. This is Tir Nanag. Enjoy! I'd like to tell you about a friend of mine. Her name is Fia. She's a kid who lives in Freshwater, in a big house on Hypatia Lane. She's nine years old, and she is the youngest of six siblings. You know how in big families, the older kids are the bossy ones, the middle kids are the mischievous ones, and everyone thinks the youngest kids get away with everything? Well, that's pretty much how it was in Fia's family. Except that everything got blamed on Fia. Once, her two oldest brothers got in a big fight and made a hole in the wall. Somehow they convinced their parents that Fia had done it. Fia stamped and said, I did not make any holes in any walls. Look at this wall. It's ginormous, thick as old boots. I couldn't put a hole in it if I tried. I'm only nine. But her parents sent her to her room anyway. Once her middle sister left a curling iron on and nearly burned the house down, she blamed it on Fia. Fia stamped and said, 
I did not leave any curling irons on next to any towels. Look at my hair. It's already curly. What would I be using a curling iron for? I'm only nine. But her parents sent her to her room anyway. And another time, Fia came home from school with a note from the teacher that said Fia hadn't done her homework. Her parents asked her about it. Fia stamped and said, I did not do my homework because homework is boring. Look at my brain. It's tired from a whole day of school. Why should I do homework too? I'm only nine. So her parents sent her to her room. Fia was annoyed about being blamed for everything she didn't do, including her homework. And she was trying to think of a way to make her family appreciate her. I do everything for these people. Why do they treat me like dirt? She said to herself. Fia was fed up. The next day, her family took a winter walk up to Freshwater Lake. They tried to take a walk all together at least once a week. For the walk, Fia packed her backpack with her teddy bear, some leftover Halloween candy, and her water bottle, which Sasquatch gave her as a reward for picking up litter in Freshwater. She put on her coat, hat, and gloves and started walking with her family. She put on her most sourpuss expression, but everyone was so busy walking and talking that they didn't know how annoyed Fia looked. It was an afternoon at the end of winter. There was a little bit of snow mixed with dirt pushed to the edges of the roads. The sidewalks in fresh water were dry and it was chilly, but not freezing. Perfect day for a walk, Fia said to herself, starting to enjoy the family hike. But then she remembered she was sulking. So she frowned instead. But even in winter, Freshwater Lake is a beautiful place. Plus, there's always a chance you'll see Nessie. Fia cheered up a little. And when she and her family got to the lake, she walked down the shoreline and sat on a rock. I wish that family of mine would realize how silly they've been. Fia hugged her teddy bear, still angry at the way her family treated her. Out of the corner of her eye, she saw something white moving through the trees. Her family were way down at the other end of the lake. She looked around and found a big stick, which she picked up just in case she saw some kind of ghost or something. There it was again, a flash of white. Who's there? Fia called out. Then out of the woods stepped a tall, gleaming white horse. It had a flowing mane and large, intelligent eyes. Whoa, a horse, Thea said. Who are you calling a horse? Said the horse. Uh, I thought you, you look like, aren't you, uh, Thea stammered. I'm not just any horse. I'm a water mare, you silly bag of beans. Fia didn't know what a water mare was, and she had also never spoken to an animal that spoke back. But Freshwater was full of magical creatures, so it wasn't that strange. I'm not a bag of beans. I'm a human. My name's Fia. What's your name? Enbar. The water mare bowed a little. 
What are you doing at the lake at sunset at the tail end of winter? Uh, just sitting. Wishing my family would be nicer to me. Fia admitted. Hmm. Well, at sunset at the tail end of winter, water mares and fairies travel across the lake to Tirnanog. Enbar the water mare stood for a minute, looking out over the lake. If you want, you could come with me, Enbar offered. Fairies? Tirnanog? Fia was extremely curious about seeing fairies, but she knew from stories that fairies could be tricky. She saw her family eating snacks at the far end of the lake. They hadn't even waited for her to have their snacks. That was the last straw. Let's go see the fairies. Just for a little while. Enbar whinnied and said, Hop on my back. Fia put her backpack on, stood on a boulder, and threw her leg over Enbar's back. The moment she did, Fia could see an island in the middle of Freshwater Lake. It hadn't been there a moment ago. Whoa, Fia said. <laughs> Hold on. Enbar chuckled. Then Enbar trotted toward the lake. They picked up speed and soon they were galloping toward the water. Fia held tight to Enbar's mane and closed her eyes, thinking they would splash into the lake. But there was no splash. Fia opened her eyes and saw that Enbar was galloping on the water. Her hooves barely touched the surface of the lake. It was like they were flying. Fia yelled, pumping her fist. They crossed to the island in the middle of Freshwater Lake. Everything was green. Leaves, moss, grass, trees. They were all alive. But it was winter. Everything around the lake was dull and gray. How were all of these plants alive? Fia hopped down from Enbar's back and looked around. She heard a sort of music floating in the air. Sunbeams dappled the forests and brightened the glades. It was warm and everything smelled like spring. Welcome to Tirnanog, Enbar said. As Fia looked around in awe, a drumbeat started. From behind the trees, little faces appeared. Faces of every color. Brown, white, pink, blue, purple, and green. Faces with pointy chins, pointy ears, and freckles. Fairies, Fia whispered to herself. The little faces belonged to little people who had wings. They fluttered closer to Fia. They wore clothes made from leaves, bark, and flowers. Every fairy seemed to glow, and they were holding acorn tops like cups. One fairy, who was bigger than the rest and wore a dress made of willow fronds, looked Fia up and down. There was a hush as the other fairies watched. Then the tall fairy nodded at Fia, and all the fairies cheered. Enbar whispered into Fia's ear, The queen of the fairies approves of you. You may stay in Tirnanog. Fia smiled. This was so cool. A fairy party on a secret island that no one else in her family could attend. She wasn't the youngest kid of a big family here. Here in Tirnanog, she was an important guest of the Queen of the Fairies. 
Several small fairies fluttered around her, looking at her closely. Hello, I'm Fia, she said. The fairies laughed and fluttered off. Fia found a soft mossy spot to sit, and a fairy brought her a lily. It was full of dewdrops to drink. Fia thought it was the best glass of water she'd ever had. Then twinkling lights appeared like stars moving through the trees. Fairy music started, and six fairies, each dressed in different colored flowers, began to dance. It was a slow and graceful dance that got faster and faster. Soon, the fairies were swinging around and around. Tiny bells on their wrists and their hair were tinkling. The dance grew more and more wild, and Fia was amazed. The twinkling lights faded, the song ended, and the fairies bowed. All the fairies clapped, and Fia clapped too. Enbar trotted over. Well, are you ready to head back to Freshwater? She asked. But I just got here, Fia insisted. Then movement on the shore of the lake caught her eye. Her family were walking up and down the shoreline and calling her name. They came looking for her. Ha! So they did miss her. Enbar bumped her shoulder with her muzzle. Come on, we'd better hurry. I'll tell them to come back in an hour. I'm having fun, Fia said. Mom, Dad, I'm over in Tirnanog. I'll come home in a bit. But they didn't seem to hear her. Her family looked upset. Fia tried again, calling out to her siblings. Teague, Porig, Sean, Searsha, Siobhan, I'm right here. Fia waved, but they couldn't see or hear her. Why can't they see me? She asked Enbar. There's a veil between the worlds. You'd better hop on my back, quick. Enbar was looking at something beyond Fia. She turned and saw the fairies were staring at her, angrily. Enbar, why do they all look so angry? Fia asked under her breath, backing away towards the water. It's possible they plan for you to stay here in Tirnanog. Forever. Enbar replied quietly. The fairies were slowly approaching with sneers on their tiny faces. And why didn't you mention that before bringing me over here? Fia said between clenched teeth, stepping on a rock and jumping onto Enbar's back. It slipped my mind, Enbar replied, turning and running onto the water. The fairies pursued them to the edge of the water, throwing acorns and sticks and shouting angry fairy shouts. Enbar dodged, leapt, and galloped away across the water. Fia held onto her for dear life. Enbar kept running until they reached the shore safely away from the angry fairies at Tirnanog. Phew, Fia said. Her family was standing just down the shoreline. Let's go see my family. They'd love to meet you, Enbar. Enbar panted. I think I'd better go back to Tirnanog and try and make things right with the fairies. Do you have anything shiny or sweet you can offer them? You really don't want them to stay mad at you, trust me. Fia looked across the lake at Tirnanog. She didn't want to know what angry fairies were capable of. So she fished around in her backpack and pulled out a sparkly pencil and the rest of her Halloween candy. Fia hopped down from Enbar's back. The moment she did, Tirnanog disappeared. Enbar, I think you're magic, Fia said, 
holding up her fairy offering. Of course I am. Don't you know anything about watermares and fairies? Enbar said, carefully taking the pencil and candy in her mouth. Enbar's mouth was full when she said goodbye. See you around, Fia. And she turned and trotted across the lake and into the mist. Fia watched her go, then turned and walked to her family. They looked so sad. She felt a bit guilty about going to Tirnanag and making them worry. Hi, family, she shouted as she ran toward them. They looked up. Fia, 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 oh my goodness. They all shouted. Her mom was crying. Thank goodness you're all right. I'm sorry I upset you, mom, but I was only gone for like 10 minutes. Her dad interrupted. Fia, honey, you were missing for 24 hours. We were worried sick. Where were you? Her brother, Sean, asked. Um, I was away with the fairies. Fia's family was so relieved to have her back, and she told them all about Tirnanog and Enbar and the fairies. Her story was so amazing that her family asked her to tell it over and over again. Then they had her tell me. Fia doesn't feel like her family blames her for everything anymore. In fact, when things go wrong or something strange happens, they blame the fairies. They leave shiny objects in a little fairy house in their yard when the fairies cause mischief. Fia says she's hoping to go back to Tirnanog one day. Maybe when the fairies have forgotten her most recent visit. Knowing fairies, she might be waiting a while. That was Tirnanog, written by Tessa Flannery, produced by Chad Shanai, and performed and executive produced by me, Rebecca Cunningham. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And grownups, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening, and remember, I believe in you. Tales is a Cordelia Studios production.